this is uh, all right, guys. I know I say it every single time, but listen, we have a, I mean, dra uh, a drag and drive. It's not drag and drive stuff. It's endurance racing, endurance driving uh, legend here. This dude has crossed, crisscrossed the country in the last two weeks more than anybody has, <laughs> I think, in a long time. Uh, Jay, tell them who you are, what you drove, and then let's not get too deep because I got to thank our podcast folks, but tell them who you are, what you drove, and where they can find you. All right. Well, I'm Jay Roberts. I drove my wife's 2017 Prius in a cannonball run, or more specifically, the musket ball run uh, for uh, cars that had 100 horsepower or less. Drove from Connecticut to Los Angeles, uh, partied and had fun for a couple of days, and then I did a coast-to-coast -coast run from San Diego to Jacksonville, Florida. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Gonzo Prius. That's awesome. Dude, I can't wait to hear these stories because I was talking to Bryce and Matt who were on the other day telling their story in their uh, Volkswagen. And they were like, this guy is going to, they're like, just wait. And so they've got some questions they want me to ask uh, a little bit as we go too. So, but first, before we get into all that fun stuff, I got to thank the guys that as y'all can see, I haven't started tearing the podcast room apart yet. We went and visited my mom for a couple of days, ton of fun. Uh, so I'm starting on that this afternoon. That's why we're going to cut this one a little short. We're still going to go probably, I would say, an hour, hour and a half, I would think. Uh, but I got to get this apart. Got to start getting our podcast official room put up. Uh, you guys can probably hear the fan in the background, the heater that's running for the shop. Uh, I want to fix all of that with this room. I want to take care of the lighting, make sure the lighting is good. You know, got to keep this, this mug going here. The guys that donated to help us do this, Tom Stark, Matt Monroe, Ryan Wing, Dino Cardella, Big Bad Daddy, the Cowboy Yankee, John Marat, Tyler Petram, and Donovan Green. Guys, I can't thank you enough. I just can't say it enough. Thank you so much for what you've done uh, for us in the shop here uh, and for us supporting us everywhere. So, all right, Jay, are you ready? Let's tell some stories. Yes, sir. So, but so, I want I want to start back a little bit I, because, like. I want people to understand you don't just walk into the the cannonball group. You don't just walk into coast to coast folks. So, so kind of back us up a little bit. Tell us um, where you, I mean, obviously we know why car people know about cannonball, but like, how do you get into this group of, uh, as Ed calls it, uh, fraternity of lunatics? <laughs> well, that was a, a kind of a long process for me to get in uh, about three years ago. I saw one of uh, the Vin wiki videos where he was uh, interviewing some guys that did a cannonball run. And at that point, I became a man obsessed with cannonball. I mean, it's just this, that's the only way I know how to describe it. I watched all the videos, that anything I could find on YouTube about it, um, watched them again and again. Then I started looking into, uh, I took a deep dive into the history of cannonball. Yeah. It was looking up the uh, original Brock Yates articles in Road and Track magazine and reading them. Then I ordered Brock Yates books, not yep. just the Cannonball books, but all of his books. Um, and then I, uh, you know, an often overlooked member of the Cannonball community is Hal Needham. Mm -hmm. You know, he was the the stunt driver, and he the movie wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Hal Needham. You yeah. Know? So read his autobiography. Naturally, it progressed from there to Alex Roy's 
biography, The Driver, and mm-hmm. then to to Ed Bollian's book. And so, you know, I read those books two or three times, just back to back in that order, and it gave me a big feel of, you know, the whole history of it and a lot of respect for it. From there, I was like, where can I find these guys? They're, you know, in this modern era of social media, they there has to be a group somewhere, yep. somehow. And so do, doing some Googling, I got uh, led to a, a website. I won't name it, but it deals with countermeasures that these guys mm. use. Yeah. And a member there um, admitted that he had participated in a cannonball run. So I just reached out to him privately. And we chatted back and forth for a period of months. I told him what I wanted to do, run a Prius in a cannonball. And, you know, rightly so, he kept me at arm's length for a pretty good while. Because, you know, know, everyone hates a Prius. I mean, come on, I admit that. And so... uh, uh, well, here, here's what here's what's funny about the Prius is I was the like lead Prius sales guy at the Toyota store. I sold cars. I love it. I love the technology. I really felt like that was the future. But go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So eventually, after he figured out that I was dead serious, um, he sent me a link to the, the private musket ball group and I entered it in and they accepted me. And I say that was like. You know, it that was about two and a half years into my search trying to find them. So, you know, I was bouncing around the house, was celebrating, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. The wife was looking at me going, you're crazy. You know, I can't believe it, I'm in. So from, you know, once I got into the groups, I just dived deeper. You know, I was yeah. looking into all of the posts and studying the history and how these guys did it, how they set their cars up. Um, a shout out to Steve Brown. He probably doesn't know this, but I basically stalked him because, <laughs> you, know? you know, my intention from the get go was to do this solo, you know? Um, and so who else to better to stalk than, than the guys that did their solo runs, like yeah. Steve Brown and Fred Ashmore and, and yeah. you know, uh, Yumi and all of the others. So that, you know, that was how I weaseled my way into the group. <laughs> you know, just snuck in through the back door. They didn't know who I was, and, and you know, here I am today. That's, so. that's awesome. So now you're in. Now, um, like, walk us through, I guess, setup of the car, really, because that's, that's what my main uh, – that's how my brain works. I want to know how you set the car up, like fuel, uh, the extra tanks, the pumps – how you feed into the tank, you know, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, well, my original plan, which didn't work out, but we'll get to that later, uh, was I wanted to run it nonstop. I wanted to mm. put the seatbelt on in Connecticut and not take the seatbelt off till I got to the Portofino at the end. Yep. Um, I have a side gig where I do um, some emergency deliveries for uh, a local defense contractor. When there you go. They call me. It's you know they have a part that has to be there right now, and you know they can't get any of their local shippers to you know to get it there quick enough. Yeah. And so I use that as a training ground. You know, um, it was like um, one time I did a. It took me 24 hours 
to drive from home to Iowa City, Iowa, and back. You know, seventeen hundred forty miles, roughly, round That's trip. Crazy, yeah. You know, to deliver part. Another time, it was to um, was a Coast Guard ship that wasn't moving until this part got there in Mobile, Alabama. You know, they called me on a Monday morning and said, "Hey, we're making the part now. Can you have it there by eight a.m. tomorrow morning?" I was like, "No problem." You know go to pick up the part and it's still hot from being laser welded had to wait for it to cool down to put it in my car wow you know and and i made the round trip and in just under 18 hours but i was there at six o'clock in the morning and you know <laughs> to get this you know coast guard ship that's not moving that's that's not good that, that's so, that's a, a pretty bad situation it is so i was so, you know happy so to help yeah, them and, and get you're it going. used to yeah, you're, so you're used to um, long distance endurance type stuff. That's that's a huge plus, I would think, going into this. Yeah, prior to that, I was a FedEx delivery driver. You know, okay. so in the truck, 12, 14 hours days, and yep. so you know, staying in the car for an extended period of time became comfortable to me. And yeah. you know, and being a FedEx delivery driver on the lawn, I was always more comfortable by myself than when others were with me. So it just there you go. Over years of doing that, it just became natural to me. Yeah. So, but uh, so getting to the setup, you know, on those practice runs, there were several times where I did, you know, hours long drive, sustained speeds of ninety miles an hour. Mm-hmm. I was wanting to calculate the fuel economy of the car. You know, how what yeah. would it get? And you know, I was getting forty three, forty four miles to the gallon. Said, At okay, ninety miles an hour, kind of, that's yeah, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Now you can do the math backwards, yeah. And that's what I did. So I worked back, and I figured a worst-case scenario of 40 miles to the gallon. All right? Mm -hmm. So here's the distance of the cannonball, you know, roughly 2,860 miles. How much fuel do I need? So I purchased, uh, 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 you know, come up with 75 gallons. That's Mm -hmm. the capacity of the setup that I used. I had two 32-gallon fuel tanks, uh, auxiliary fuel cells with safety foam that uh, I mounted in the back with two, and these were ended up being overkill. I had two Holly 120-gallon-per-hour pumps. Oh, yeah, those and, are way overkill. <laughs> yeah, it was way overkill. Yep. And uh, each pump, each tank was isolated with a 12-volt uh, uh, electric ball valve. I didn't want to turn on one pump to pump it, and inadvertently it pumps instead of to the... To the oh, yeah. The car's tank, it pumps it into the other auxiliary tank and overflows yep. and have a big mess. So I could yep. isolate each individual tank as I pumped them and had a James Bond style set up in the center console. You lift the lid and look, and there were two toggle switches for the ball valves and then a push button switch for the actual pumps themselves. There you go. I didn't want to, I didn't want a constant on toggle switch for the pumps because so many of the guys. You hear the stories that, you know, they run the cannonball and they turn on the pump and they forget about it. And, yep. you know, someone comes up behind them, flags them down, says, hey, your fuel's coming out your gas cap. You know? <laughs> yep. So so my pump set up, I wanted a physical push button, you know, so I had to be ma- you know, manually working the pump and okay. not forget it. So so you're when you turned your pump on, you were holding the button to, to keep Correct. the pump running. Yep. And yeah. um, if I remember right now, it's been—I mean, it's been six or eight years since I sold cars. But a, a Prius tank's like sixteen gallons, probably, right? 
It's 15. 11, 11.3. Oh, yeah. wow. So, yeah, it doesn't yeah. take long at 120 gallons per hour to, you know, to once that one's low to fill fill up. Well, and those pumps themselves turned out to be overheal because mm-hmm. in testing before I left, if you run the pumps more than 30 seconds, it filled up the fill pipe in the car and it would burp gasoline out of the modified gas cap. So on, you know, on the run, I would run the pump for 20 seconds. I would wait two minutes to let it, you know, cycle yeah. down and you could hear it gurgling, cycle down into the stock tank. And, you know, and I was constantly switching back and forth between the left tank and the right tank, you know, yep. run it 15 seconds, wait two minutes, watching the timer on the dash to keep up with it. <laughs> so, um, and both of those tanks fed into a Y fitting and a small hose that uh, uh, come around into a modified gas cap. I just took a, bought a, um, an extra gas cap and literally drilled a hole in it, yep. run the hose down through it, and screwed it into the, 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 the uh, car's tank. So um, the, the, the tanks you put in, were they, I, I don't, I've seen one, I've seen a picture on your Instagram uh, with the hatch opened up. Um, were they stacked, I guess, like back, you know, back seat and then here, or were they sideways? I don't remember. They, they were sideways, left and right, if you're looking at the, you know, open the hatch in the back of the car. Um, <laughs> I took some um, product, I think you call it a Unistrut, that it's um, used for electrical work to hang, you know, like circuit breaker boxes and stuff on. Yep. And I cut up a couple pieces of that, uh, drilled holes in the back of the car and riv nuts those were physically fastened into the car yep. and then i fabricated uh, uh some metal brackets that is for straps to hold down the tanks that went around and bolted down and that's uh, cool grounded them all in so it VX. took a uh, quite a bit of engineering my biggest concern was safety i wanted yep. those tanks bolted down solid not shift in lock time. I mean, 64 gallons of fuel in the back That's and just a lot. literally inches away is the hybrid battery. You know, yeah. that that could have been bad if, if, if uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you, in that you'd, car. Been a, you'd have been a rocket ship for sure if something yeah. had happened. You know, yeah, uh, I had a, a, a five pound fire extinguisher up front just in case, but I was thinking mm-hmm. about it. It's like, you know, if this goes off, I don't know if the fire extinguisher is going to save me or not, but you know, no. it's. It, there it is. Yep. So. Uh, VX Ace here is saying that he says, I'm not sure, or she says, I'm not sure the Prius fill hole was designed to be filled at 120 gallons per minute. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, That's right. That's you know, right. A, a lot of the other guys had used those little um, cheap Holly Mighty Might fuel pumps in their yep. setup. Yep. And there was, you know, multiple reports of them failing during a run. You know, wow. the $20, $30 pumps. And yep. that, that was the main reason I went with the Holly pumps is, yeah. you know, in a solo attempt, I could not afford to have those pumps fail. Yeah. And yeah, so you, I went overkill with the time. higher value pumps. Yeah. You weren't going to have time to, to, uh, you know, stop every 11 and a half gallons and pump and, and all that kind of stuff. So that makes sense. Exactly. Um, what do you think you'll go to on the next setup? Like, uh, how far do you think you'll drop to like a 30, 30 gallon per hour pump or something like that or i'll probably use the same pumps but i'll plumb in a regulator to dial oh i got you yeah 
there you, you go. Know, that that'd be a simple solution to it. Yeah. You know, instead of buying something extra, use what I already have. Right. Um, so. And then my my just my my thought process was, and I don't know how your fuel line was ran, but could you have wide and just ran a single pump? You know, like come come in, like uh, use the pump to pick up from after the Y, and then ball valve the the things closed. Yeah, I I thought about that, but I wanted a bit of control with each individual tank. You that know, um, initially I used the the tank that was positioned on the driver's side of the car mm-hmm. behind me first, mainly just to help offset some weight. Kind of, yeah, might help keep the balance of the car a little bit better. Yeah. So with um, oh, and also in the pump, the tanks themselves, I installed um, a Holly Hydromat uh, pickup system. Uh, Looks like a yeah, and so you know I wanted to get every drop of fuel available. You know the little duckbill pickups leave gallons left in a tank that size. Well, and then with the Hydromat, I was getting every drop. Are are you on those tanks? Are you picking from the top then? Are, are, is your fuel line coming, like, is it sucking up, or was it a, a, a sump in the back? Yeah, it was uh, the Holly Hydromat at, in the bottom of the, the, the uh, tank, and, you know, a hose straight up that fed out of the top yeah. of it to the pump. That, that makes so, sense. Yeah, the Hydromat is, is the hydromat's definitely the way to go on a, on a setup like that, just from a standpoint of trying to get every bit of fuel out of that. Because while you're still moving straight, you know, once you're at speed, that – the fuel is going to settle, you know, like when you accelerate, it's all comes to the back. That's why race cars have sumps in the back. But like in your case, you know, even at, uh, I saw a alleged picture of 115, that was probably KPH, not MPH, you know, or on a closed course. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, that, that fuel is going to settle, especially with the foam, that fuel is going to eventually settle once you get, get going. And so if it's draining like this, you need it to get every single drop you can, especially, If you're getting, if you're planning 40 miles a gallon, you know, you'll never get that consistently the whole way across. So, you know, if you do the math, you had 3,000 miles of fuel at 40 miles per gallon, but that's, that's not including, you know, the little bit of stop and go I'm sure you would run into, um, and which the Prius is better at. But then the rapid acceleration is going to be, you know, anything over about 25 or 30 is going to be taken by the gasoline engine instead of the electric motor. So, Exactly. <laughs> My uh, wife just was stuck her head indoors and said, good luck. It was, uh, it was her car, by the way. My name's yeah. not even on the registration. Uh, was, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the conversations, you know, I'm drilling holes in her car and mounting gas tanks, hooking yeah. up pumps and ripping the interior part to running wiring. And she comes out and she goes, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to see I this. Just You're like, I need some help like getting this wire before. in. She's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but she was uh, 100% in support of me. She knew, you know, we had long conversations. This was, yeah. this was an itch I had to scratch. And she let me. Let me get it out of my system, you know. Yeah. But you know, now that I'm hooked, I don't know if it's ever going to get out of my system. Well, and, so, uh, Matt has a good question here. He says, "Tell him about towing your camper with the car," which I think, uh, based on your pictures, was the is your Prius, not her Prius, right? Well, the, both of them. I've done quite a bit of towing. Um, uh, her car's done more of it. Um, yeah. Back in um, it was Black Friday. 2016, we bought a little pop-up camper. Now, this camper is designed to be towed behind a motorcycle. It weighs 
little over 300 pounds. Yeah. And by Black Friday 2017, we had taken this camper and visited 44 states in 12 months, camping, you know, national parks, state parks, been to 10 Canadian provinces. You're an animal. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) towing a camper with a Prius. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and... uh, so That's that awesome. was a uh, uh, you know a unique experience of you know just long term driving dealing with the weight and everything. So that gave me a lot of experience. Yeah, because like at three hundred, but what does what does seventy five gallons of fuel weigh? I mean, it's eight pounds um, a gallon, right? Or is it six pounds? Yeah, it's six pounds a gallon, and so it comes up roughly. 375 pounds. Um, I mean, that's, the, that's like, a, that's like a big dude sitting in the back seat. Exactly. Yeah. The, yep. the, when I was camping, we first started towing it. There was, uh, uh, uh his retired life, retired life. He, he's a personal <laughs> friend of mine. I'll give him a shout out in a minute. He was a big help on this run, a very cool. big help. Um, you know, Towing the camper had people, they would flash their high beams at me, tell you, turn your high beams off. I'm like, they're, they're on low beams. What's going on? And figured out the weight of the camper made the nose of the car come oh, up. So, yep. so I modified the car with some helper airbags, and that raised the back end up and kept yep. my, my lights, you know, so people are no longer flashing me. And that was a big help on the run because yeah. uh, I weighed, the, you know, the pumps and the tanks, and calculated the with fuel, you know, I was pushing almost 500 pounds total weight in yep. the back. Yep. It, those those airbags helped a great deal, and just just you know maintaining the car at a level plane, not blinding yep. people, and you know through some of the curves and the canyons and mountains we were dealing with, it it handled much better with that fuel. That's cool. So, um, based on some. Uh, pictures you've posted on your Instagram again, Gonzo Prius on Instagram. Uh, I see North Carolina tags. So walk us through. So you've ran now 40, you figured up 40 miles per gallon. That's what you're going to get at it, you know, allegedly 90 miles an hour. So you leave North Carolina and you're headed to Connecticut. Like, are, are you seeing a change in mile per gallon? Are you making no, are the, you, are you around that same speed? Like walk us through that trip. Yeah, the the drive up, I was running, you know, normal highway driving speeds, uh, even though the the tanks were full. So I was getting, the drive up, I got 48 miles to the gallon from North Carolina, Connecticut. You know, normal Prius fuel economy. Um, You know, I I got to the start party, met the guys, and what, I can't say what an awesome group of people these people are. You know, they have never met yeah, they had never met me in person, and they welcomed me like a you know long lost member of the family, a brother or something. Just every single one of them. There was a there was a moment. There was a big dinner the night before the event, and I'm sitting there and I'm looking around the room, and you know I won't name drop, but I'm seeing these people that were an inspiration to me, and I literally had to pinch myself. It's like wow you know these these guys it's everything they have done have inspired me to be there doing this and that's it's just cool. an unreal experience you know it to, to to be involved with and so loved every minute of it um well and and then at that point i mean you know based on our conversations you're you're two and a half three years into to getting in 
like you know, yeah. your, your foot's in the door a little bit. You're, you know, and now you're at the event. So I can only imagine what two and a half or three years worth of prep has done in research, and then also uh, in just you know sheer brutality, getting the car ready and uh, and testing and all that kind of stuff. And now you're here, exactly. and you're like, oh my god, let's go. Yeah. And so earlier that day was the the dyno event. You know, um, all the cars for this event had to have uh, 101 horsepower or less at the wheels. Yeah. And, um, you know, John Ficar, big shout out to him. Thanks for putting this this event on and managing it. I can't thank you enough for that. Um, He um, um, gave everybody these lobster stickers and to go around and put on the cars they wanted to be dynoed. You know, there wasn't enough time to dyno every car. Yeah. Um, I just volunteered to put my car on it because I was curious yeah. how much horsepower does a Prius actually make? <laughs> no one really knew. You know, I've done some, did some research and, you know, I know it's going to be close either way. You know, um, yep. uh, turns out it makes um, 102 horsepower at the wheels <laughs> on a dyno. So I was nice. one, one horsepower over. So I feel like I kept within the spirit of the event. Oh yeah, um, for sure. You know, you know, I, I, I took my penalties in stride. Actually, the penalties were kind of fun. I was gonna say um, you, you could do a, uh, you probably do eighty-seven octane in it, and it'd make a hundred. You know? Yeah, you know it exactly. You know, I, um, I probably could put a put a dirty air filter in it or something yeah. like that. You know, and get yeah. knocked it down. But I, you know. I didn't want to cheat. I wanted to be straight yeah, up legit. It, the yep. number I get is what I get. And, yeah. and, no, and you're so close, you know. So so what yeah. was the penalty, if you're allowed to tell us? Yes, I am. Um, a few of the cars were way over. A couple of them were more than 20, 25 horsepower over. Um, they had to, it was a layered penalty. We had to, each of us had to assemble a puzzle. And the puzzle had to be uh, completed before the start the next day and glued or fastened to the hood of the car. Um, In my case, it was a 100-piece puzzle. Um, The next up was a 300-piece, and and the worst offender, or cheater as we jokingly labeled them, had a 500-piece puzzle. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. (laughs) Yeah. And then an additional penalty, uh, you had to carry 10 pounds of additional weight in concrete form for every horsepower over. Oh, ouch. Yes. So, um, but they, but John being the creative genius he is, uh, he come up with a option to get out of all the penalties. Um, and you had to uh, go purchase a live lobster. You had to remove the bands from its claws. The lobster had to be living, fresh, alert at the start, and it had to be living, alert, and fresh at the end. If the oh, lobster wow. died en route, your time will be, be unadmissible. You'll be vanished you, as if you never took part in the event. It that was is funny yeah, I knew one I, of the teams was like, we'll do the lobster option, and then they got with, started Googling on their phones and talking with other other uh, people there that knew a lot more about lobsters. 
and they decided, no, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> They're like, we'll just put our 300-piece puzzle together. Yeah, and and and, and go uh, stick a bunch of fuel in the uh, uh, weight in the car. You know, that's was, hilarious. So, but my weight, you know, I got back to the room and I assembled the puzzle, which took me it took me an hour and fifteen minutes to put this thing together. It was a Pokemon puzzle, and it was only oh, four nice. colors, and all the shapes were exactly the same. So, you know, you couldn't <laughs> one piece looked like the other. You just yep had to one by one put it together and I got it done right now and then, uh, John did give us some Elmer's glue to glue it so I got it done went back to the garage where everybody's working on their cars and I was talking with with uh, Fred Ashmore and he gave me some stuff where he'd been was decaling the Hawaiian Tropic car to kind of you know patch it together yep. and he goes um I wish Wish some of you guys would take some of my tools as part of your penalty. And I'm like, well, what do you got? Yeah. <laughs> he looks around, hands me these two giant jack stands. And John was standing over there, and these jack stands probably weighed, you know, eight, ten pounds each. I handed the jack stands to John. And I'm like, will these serve as my penalty? And John picks them up, and he's like, looks at him and goes, nah, this is only about eight pounds. You need two more pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I look at Fred. I'm like, "What else you got?" He goes, "I got a sawzall." And I'm like, "Well, that do, John." So I'm like, "All right, that'll work." So that ended up being my weight penalty is carrying some cool. of Fred's tools. Yeah, that's <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> that's so, a, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty neat. Now the other guys they showed up was um, they they couldn't find concrete, so they had forty pound bags of water softener. You know, one of the members of their team was like, um, I need water softener in my house, so it won't go to waste, so we'll just use this. And they were trying to stuff it under seats and in floorboards. It was it was entertaining to watch them figure out where they're gonna put all this stuff in their car. Yeah, forty pounds of that's that's a that's a big mess. You know, like trying yeah, I, to I mean it's just a big bag of you know, probably a ten pound bag I would think, or twenty pound bag yeah, as it broke was, down. So yeah. Yeah. So it was it was entertaining, but uh, but yeah, but it turns out my fuel economy calculations were were way way off. Um, you know, um, well, turns hang out on, but the, before we move into that, VX Ace uh, says, so your penalty was to ferry other people's junk? Question mark in case they break down. <laughs> uh, I, didn't think of that, but it's a good point. You know, somebody yeah. would have needed those jack stands in that sawzall. Yeah. Eventually, <laughs> you could have just thrown them as you drove by. At, at, yeah, yeah, just rode by and slung them out the sunroof. You know, here yeah. you go, catch. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, funny. All right, so so back to what you were saying. Yeah, so um, my forty miles to the gallon for this run figure was was way way off. Um, you know, the, it. Um, at triple digit speeds, um, the Prius doesn't get forty miles a gallon. Matter of fact, it doesn't get thirty miles to the gallon. Oh my gosh, are you serious? I guess because you're probably yeah. running at that point. You're running on, you know, your only gasoline engine. So there's no assistance really. And with the weight you're carrying, it probably needs the horsepower at that speed to carry it. So yeah. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, I was. I was. I basically, once I got through 
past Chicago when the traffic let up. From there, it was you know many hours. I basically threw a brick on the pedal and you know and kept it there. I had to had to feather it from time to time because I was noticing that the hybrid battery was getting down to just one bar. Oh wow! And so when it get down to the one bar, I'd run it for a couple of minutes and then I'd feather off and drop back you know, about five miles an hour to let the battery charge up, Yeah, you know, because you didn't want it to go into limp mode or turtle mode. You know, if, it, no. if the hybrid battery got down to near dead, it would go into limp mode and you had to limp along at 40 miles an hour till it recharged oh, yeah. completely. So yeah, you, you, definitely, you, can't, you can't do that. No. And so that never happened on any of the runs. Um, but I was very you know, aware of it and watching it. So, I'd, you know, I'd back off two, three miles an hour and battery would charge up. And he'd get up to three or four bars and I'd throw it to the floor again. And it was you know, now, 15 what's, minutes later, I'm just cycling back and forth with that. What's the difference in speed at that? Like, is it 110 to 115 like yeah. I saw you post? Yeah, uh, 115 allegedly, I'll say that, allegedly, that is as fast as a... Uh, uh, Fourth generation Prius will go downhill with a tailwind. It won't do anymore, oh. no matter how hard you push it. So, you know, you and I were messaging or I was commenting on one of the posts or something. I wonder if there's there's got to be some tuner software out there that you could go in and maybe manipulate that a little bit, you know, to to one, either uh, provide another eight or ten horsepower uh, from the gasoline engine, you know, to get a little more speed or. Uh, you know, maybe manipulate how the the electric assist at that speed. So, yeah, there's got to be something, and I could I could feel it doing something through the pedal. It was you know you you going along and it hit 115, and it was it was like an old carbureted car when it was about to run yeah. out of gas, and you kind of you you feel it stumble a little bit, and it would yeah. it would do that briefly and and go, and so it was just you know, constantly going back and forth. So there was something that electronically limited that speed. Yeah. I figure it, I mean, on my speculation, it might be uh, a safety issue, kind of like yeah. um, some of your Chevy and GMC trucks, or yeah. their top speed is limited because there's an issue with, with one of the drive shaft bearings, you know, yeah. the cushion in it that's rated, you know, at, 125 130 miles an hour and that's yep. where they keep the speed at it could yep. be that it could be um you know the speed rating of the tires they they limit it to not exceed that speed yep. rating you know huh. i don't know you know just speculation on my part but there yep. is something there that yeah i, I would definitely out. you know speed limiter is probably what it is now <clears throat> once you get above that i don't know how much more you would probably have but I mean, yeah. the, you know, the car makes 100, 102 horsepower. Like, could you get it to make 120? But at that point, you're carrying 250 pounds worth of weight, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, Bryce Mays asked, uh, before we get back into it, how many gallons of fuel did you end up using? Uh, and, and I'd like to split that into Connecticut to L.A. because we're also going to talk fuel from, you know, Dog Beach to Jacksonville. All right. Um, well, I ended up pulling over in... Uh, small town of Brush, Colorado, and I topped off just my auxiliary tanks only and added uh, 57 gallons there. 
and uh, that carried me through the rest of the event. Uh, there was still a lot of gas you know, left in those auxiliary tanks, yep. and uh, I looked it up, and I used just a little over 100 gallons total wow, on that's the coast-to-coast hey, run, I mean, uh, on the uh, musket ball run. Bryce, tell us how many gallons you guys used um, across there. I know they only – I think they stopped twice, and then if any other guys that ran in the musket ball kind of, or have done this event, uh, how many – gallons you used across there so let us know in the comments or uh, chat yeah. there oh and, and bryce and matt those, those guys the, those guys are the real deal i gotta <laughs> say uh it was they're, they're just they're some of the coolest people i met and uh in, in the last couple of weeks it's uh it was an honor to run with them and get to know them that's awesome uh, bryce said they only use 75 75 ish yeah. yeah the the tdi diesels at yeah. you know uh Triple digit speeds are much more efficient than the Prius. Is what what <laughs> I've come to learn. You know, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> I love Bryce, you too, Bryce. There you go. That's cool. <laughs> so, um, just just so you're aware, the chat runs about 15 seconds behind us. So you know, so there'll be some times in the com- conversation uh, that we'll jump back a little bit. Um, right. But I'm also reading them out loud for the podcast folks that'll be listening to this later. All right, because you gotcha. know, understood, Mike. Uh, if you're going to be on the road for how long did it take you to get Connecticut to, to LA? It took me 36 hours and 55 minutes. Um, let's talk music choice. I mean, were there podcasts in there? What do you listen to when you're driving for 36 hours straight? It was, it was mostly background noise. Um, I had, I subscribed to uh, Pandora premium for one yep. month. Only reason I went with Pandora Premium is because you could um, set the quality of the feed down, so it wouldn't use up so much data on the phone. Makes sense. You know that that was a, a consideration. Yeah. And I kept it on one channel the entire time. Um, <laughs> and so, and there was the the band. They have this one song that pretty much became my my motto, my theme song of the run and the band cake. And they have the song, <laughs> the distance, you know, if yeah. you know the, the words of the, the, the song, you know how it fits in, you know, he's going for distance. He's going for speed, <laughs> yeah. you know, all alone in his time of need. It's just so many words of it. And so yeah, Bri- kept Bryce it on is, cake radio. Yeah. Bryce says, how many times yeah. did you re-listen to that cake album? <laughs> Um, so I just had on Pandora Cake Radio, and they, you know, played stuff from other bands as well. But every time that the distance song would come on, it got cranked. You know, <laughs> it, it was it was a motivator. Just keep me pumped up, keep me excited, keep me going <laughs> on the run. That's too cool. That is too yeah. cool. So, so you filled up. Uh, you said in Colorado, you you put fifty seven gallons in, and yeah. then and then ran all the way in. Um, yeah. You did you run? Did you guys run into any weather? I didn't even ask them. Did you run into any weather across the Rockies? I didn't run into any weather, but I run into another incident that was it was a heartbreaker. Um, oh no! It was an absolute heartbreaker for me. Um, so coming into Akron, Ohio, you know Akron, Ohio is a turning point. There's basically two accepted routes to run a cannonball you have your northern route which takes you through you know uh, iowa nebraska colorado 
down through Vegas and in. And you have your southern route takes you through St. Louis, Oklahoma, across New Mexico and Arizona. I, before the run, was committed to the southern route. That was my plan all along. About 30 minutes before um, I got into Akron, Ohio, Google Maps pops up and it says, a faster route has been found. Do you want to take it? And I was like, well, what's this? So I clicked routes, and it showed that the northern route was going to be two hours and 15 minutes faster than the southern oh. route. And so um, I have a, uh, had a virtual team of spotters, some mm-hmm. awesome, awesome guys that were helping me, and asked them to check it, and they come back with similar things. I said, well, all right, fellas, we're taking the northern route. Yeah. And, you know, the majority of them took the southern route. And yeah. there was an uh, app we were using called Joiner, where we could share each other's location. Yeah. And when I got to Chicago and I looked on the map, you know, everybody else is down in, you know, uh, just coming into St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And I'm up in the front and I looked and I'm like, holy cow, I'm in the lead. How is this possible? <laughs> and that motivated me to push harder. Yeah. You're going 113, was, now you're going 115. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a four hour window, you know, my virtual team, every hour on the hour, I had an alarm uh, on my set on my phone. They would chime every hour. At the start, I zeroed all my trip computers in the car. When that alarm would go off, I'd press save on my dash dash cameras in the car, and I would text my virtual team what my odom- the, the trip odometer reading was yep. and what my miles per gallon was. And VXA's there. He was in the background building me a, a, a spreadsheet. He was punching That's all this cool. data yep. in. And so it was an hour, I gave them the numbers, and they come back and said, you did 92 miles this hour. It's like, well, okay, let's go for 100 next hour. You know, yep. the next hour was 98. The next hour was 102. The next hour was 106. Dang, a, that's crazy. Yeah. There was a four-hour window that I did well over 400 miles in four hours. Just, there was nothing out there, no traffic. Yeah. You know, but it was during that time it became clear that I didn't have enough fuel to make it the entire distance, and so, uh, but, so I, and I knew coming into to after Denver through the Rocky Mountains that my uh, you know um, my my times were going to go down. You know, yep. at, at one point I was up to right at eighty-seven miles per hour average speed that I had done so far, and every wow. time I look over on the Joiner app, I'm getting further and further ahead. I'm like. Holy cow! I'm I might turn in a great time for this thing. Yeah. You know, let's just keep just just keep going. Let's just keep hammering down. Let's keep running it. Um, come around us, coming through uh, I-70 through the canyons and the Rocky Mountains. Come around a curve. All all of a sudden, ahead of me, see nothing but brake lights. Oh no! Come to a, yeah, come to a dead stop in the highway. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a, you know, just I hung my head. I was like, oh no, this, this, I'm done. You know, yeah, because they're no catching way. you at that point. They're catching you. Yeah, yeah. 
sit there stop for 37 minutes. Oh my God. How long was that 37 minutes? It felt like 10 hours. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. you know um, turns out there was a tractor trailer accident ahead of us. It jackknifed and spilled milk all over the road, oh. shut down the road. So uh, they looped us back over a bridge. I had to go back five miles the other way. Oh, no. Then get on this winding two-lane road that wasn't meant for tractor trailers, but all the tractor trailers were routed on it. You know, oh, and man. so we're going 10, 15 miles an hour around curves and over bridges. This yep. went on for 48 miles before I <laughs> got around the the wreck and back on Interstate 70. Oh my it, God! Now, now at, at this point, with you guys doing like the Le Mans style start, um, who who else went northern route with you? Because they're probably in the same mix with you, right? They were. Um, I know. Um, I think the uh, guys in the diesel swapped insight, uh, um, I believe it was Ar- Arnie, I believe it was Arnie Toman, Doug Talbot, I believe those, they were together. They were up there. Um, there was a team in the, uh, the cool wrapped Fiat. Uh, they, they, they were in the Northern route and I think that was it. The rest That's of them cool. all in the Southern route. So oh, it was, man. there may have been one more on the Northern route. I'm trying to remember, but yeah, there weren't many of us up there, so we all had to deal with that. Uh, just a- asshole on uh, YouTube says that reroute was devastating. It, it it was it was just you know as soon as I pulled up and stopped, I just hung my head, it just just totally deflated because here for the last six seven hours, you know, I'm like, and damn, I'm gonna beat these guys in a freaking yeah. Prius, you know, <laughs> it's just just just. You know, I got a great team in the background. Just keep hammering, keep going. Yeah. Just you know, get every inch of speed you can, and just keep running it. And all of yeah. a sudden, just have it to come to an immediate end right there. You know what? Man, that's but wild. That's, but that's the nature of Cannonball. You know, yeah. if you what if you studied the history and watched the videos, you know that part winning a Cannonball is part of its prep. And the other part of it is just sheer, pure luck. There's That's things cool. that happens out on the road that has absolutely, you have absolutely no control of. You know, the yep. weather, the accidents, the traffic. You just, yep. you just make the best of what you can. Right. You know? Bri- Bryce, you're saying we were 100% racing with you 1,200 miles between us on the southern route. Yeah, it, and I think yeah, that's what's a, cool about the app is like you you could see, you know, every, everybody that was on it, you could see where they were in the in the mm-hmm. mix. So, yeah, it was, and so, you know, after that wreck, and you know, I was I was I reached you know kind of a low point. I was I was pretty depressed, feeling pretty bad, uh, you know, because I put so much planning and so much effort, and you know, I was hoping to do do you know a, a, a sub. 33 34 hour run and i was on track i was around a 32 hour range run wow. at that point yep. and you know but again there's no guarantee because no you know yep. anything could have happened after that but uh, but the other guys on the run they it was amazing uh you know they're sending me messages you know it's like you got screwed but keep coming you got this you know you're gonna do this keep going you know, my wife, my family, they were sending me words of encouragement. And that 
instead of feeling deflated and defeated, quickly changed and turned. You know, yeah. and it's like you know what, you, your life doesn't suck. You know, <laughs> you're these guys you just met days earlier, and yeah. they're cheering you on and rooting for you. And the cannonball is a lot bigger than than you know beating the record and coming in with the lowest time. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's um, about uh, perseverance. Yeah, you know, and well, what you can accomplish. Start personally. with it, yeah. Uh, Assel says the uh, the RDF crew had your back, Jay. They did, <laughs> every one of them. I know who that is. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and so, um, yeah, every, it was just just a in coming into the finish line there to sign at the Portofino. You know, all the teams that were finished before me, they were there in mass waiting for you, giving me hugs, shaking hands, taking pictures, cheering me on. My wife flew out there. She was standing there with a with a, a b- bottle of whiskey and a sack of In and Out burgers for me. She <laughs> get a big hugs, big kiss. So I, you know, the trophy girl wasn't there, but my trophy wife was. So that was there. Great you go. Yeah. Um, well, hey, speaking of whiskey, I heard something. Bryce messaged me, or maybe it was Matt, and said that uh, to prep for this, you. You detoxed caffeine and booze. I did. Tell us, tell us that story. Well, um, I'm. Uh, hello, my name is Jay. I'm uh, addicted to Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a, a serious uh, habit, caffeine habit involved Mountain Dew, and yeah. reading what uh, Steve Brown and others had done, I realized that. You know, the caffeine crash is serious, you know, and I was experiencing that on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. You you wake up in the morning, drink one or two of them by, you know, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you're just dead. Your body just can't handle it. So starting months out, I dropped down to one a day, and I did that for a couple of months. And then I backed off to every other day, then once every three days. On October 15th, I cut it completely out no caffeine no alcohol for 30 days before the run you know you are an uh, animal yeah so on the drive up to connecticut on the saturday before the run i drank one small uh, can of mountain dew i wanted to see how my body would react to it um it hit me like a hammer i mean (laughs) i was jittery my heart was racing and this was just minutes after drinking i was like okay yeah. well you can't do that on the run yeah so when i did hit the caffeine during the run i waited till i just you know as long into the run as i could before i used it and then when i did use it it was small amounts yeah. um i only only drank one and a half bottles of mountain dew and i did one shot of five hour energy yeah. and that was about two hours before the end and wow. that was it you know? and, and you were up for 36 hours straight driving. Like, yeah. Yeah. like Pete, you know, <clears throat> I hate driving to the beach and it's 12. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like imagine three of those trips. And then, you know, I mean, we mentioned it earlier, but dude, you were solo. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, you're, we talked earlier about why solo driving is good for you. If, if you guys are new here and uh, just popped in, 
Uh, he was FedEx driver for a long time, has done some contract driving uh, for distance. So solo driving is not a new thing for you. Um, but that kind of solo is, I would think, different just because like uh, in your other stories, you were telling like you were going somewhere and then back. So yeah. this is like you're going the distance, man. You're going, <laughs> you're going to LA. Going the distance, going for speed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, now, there was things that I had set up in my car to you know, m make my life more comfortable that okay. I, lessons I learned from the delivery runs. Um, yeah. and after four or five hours in the car, you, you, your, your face feels oily. You feel like a herd of buffalo has been running around in your mouth. You, know, <laughs> just, you, you feel disgusting. So I kept uh, baby wipes and face wipes in the car. And so yeah. I would set the cruise, drop it down, the speed down a little bit, and about every four or five hours, and I would grab some baby wipes, and I would just simply wash my face, wash my yep. neck, wipe off the steering wheel, just the sweat on your hands from the steering wheel, you know. I'd, I'd put that back. I had toothbrush and toothpaste in the car, and I would just yep. simply brush my teeth. You know, a couple of minutes, and you it would oh, recharge you. Just, just that simple move of, Washing your face and brushing your teeth, it would recharge yeah. you and, and energize you and help keep you going. And so th those were some of the lessons I learned. Um, that's, that's pretty smart. I will say hey to Carl Steamy. See you in a couple weeks, but on sick week. You know, uh, another thing I did most of the run, I didn't have my shoes on. I was okay. in feet. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, my feet would get sweaty. So I would just yeah. take my shoes off and they were sitting on top of the cooler beside of me. And, yeah. you know, just little things like that to, you know, keep comfortable. What I know? think would be neat to, uh, to just, and probably just more of inquisitive in my brain is like, I wonder what your heart rate is during that trip compared to, you know, like a normal driving situation. Like if you're driving 80 and you're going on vacation, what's your heart rate then compared to, you know, 108 miles an hour for three hours uh, in a, in a Prius with, 90 or 75 gallons of fuel behind you you know like yeah. like what's the difference it's pretty neat yeah i guess um i guess it's something you work up to is you know it's like the these pro athletes you know they train and they train and they train for years and years and years yeah. to get to olympic level or professional level yeah. and i feel like i've trained for years at driving that style <laughs> yeah to get to that point and you know it it probably wasn't as crazy as a heart rate as you you, you would imagine um i'm yep. an avid scuba diver gotcha. and um it's when i go scuba diving my heart rate actually drops dra drastically drops you know wow. um, i just you know hundreds of dives and experience and when i get in the water it's it's my happy place yeah you know that's what i was gonna and say it's so, a it's a calming effect on your body <laughs> yeah and driving is my other happy place yeah. and so you know i could I, so i think that it would my heart rate was managed and wasn't crazy you know there was a few moments it spiked up yeah. we won't get into details <laughs> of those but uh you know but for the most part it was it was kept reasonable you know yeah. so um, as, as i'm thinking there i'm i'm thinking about how 108 miles an hour 110 feels normal so you know you come up behind a, a set of semis 
and they're going 62 miles an hour, 65. How slow does that feel? It, it feels like I could have got out the car and walked past them. <laughs> I mean, that's literally, that's what it felt like. You know? I can't um, imagine. Yeah, it, it, uh, I can't imagine these guys that, you know, have done the runs where you hear some of the stories, you know, yeah, we never yeah. got over 175, I, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah. and they were in cars that were much more suited for those speeds. You know, the yeah. Prius wasn't intended to run these speeds, let alone sustained yeah. at those speeds for hours at a time. And yeah. I was surprised at how well it did it. Um, yeah. You know, I did some service work on the car yesterday, I changed the oil, and after a little over 6,000 miles of driving in seven days, it didn't burn a drop of oil. You I are was, crazy, man. You are a crazy man. 6,000 miles in seven days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 6,000 miles in seven days. So That's uh, that's yeah. insane. That is yeah. insane. That's so, so cool. So, all right, I've, I've got to move on. i got to, I got to quit. I got to quit stopping you. Uh, we're, we're limited on time. We've only got about 30 minutes here. We still got to talk okay. about your, your run the other direction. So the you pull coast, into, coast run. So you pull into Portofino. Uh, everybody's there popping champagne, having fun. Uh, Bryce said that Bryce and Matt both said you guys partied it up pretty hard. He didn't say if you partied it up, but they, he said the team partied it up pretty hard. Um, h- how long did you sleep? Uh, like what was recovery time? And then, uh, you know, you obviously had the planned run back, but, uh, like, how long did you rest in between? Well, that, uh, you know, that first night, um, I went to sleep about, it was about 10 p.m. Uh, West Coast time when I finally went to sleep. As best as I can figure. It might have been 11, it might have been 12. I don't know. There was some alcohol involved. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not 100% certain of the exact time. Um, I woke up at 3.30 a.m. wide awake. Now, I'm an East Coaster. I'm a, 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 a farmer. You know, I rise with the chickens. So my body was telling me it's time to get up. You know, it's, it's 6.30 on the East Coast. And I got up just wide awake and went walking around outside. I made a, a real quick video to uh, <laughs> my wife watched it. Says, yeah. <laughs> so it was 1030. <laughs> All right. So we got that cleared up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was uh, um, I made a quick video to thank my, my virtual team that was helping me. And, uh, you know, around in the parking lot, um, went back, slept a little bit more, and... Um, Went out for breakfast a little later. Um, yeah. The next night was the um, the uh, awards party where they handed out uh, awards for everybody, and they had a big dinner afterwards. Um, I didn't attend the dinner because I promised my wife I would take her out to eat. There you <laughs> go. Just her and I out away, yeah. and so so uh, so so the guys who was all at the dinner wondering where I was. I was enjoying myself with my wife out alone. Yeah, yeah, little, little hun- honey do list yeah. there, you know. Got a yeah. got a treat, you know. She she lets you one drive her car. I mean, yeah. let's uh, be honest. And then two, yeah. you know, I don't know how many times you you guys are in L.A., but uh, you know, you got to do that. And Carl Steamy says, "Happy, happy wife, happy life." You know, exactly. and I mean, she, she flew out to be with you when you came in, so you know. Yes, yeah. and so cool. uh, yeah, I took her out to a one of the 
finest uh, uh, dining establishments on the West Coast. We went out to In-N-Out Burger and had some, there you go. some double doubles, some fries, some shakes, and and you know had a had a good time. So yeah. that's cool. <laughs> um, so and then uh, the next morning we had to get up at three thirty a.m. Uh, to depart to get her to LAX in time to catch her 6 a.m. flight back home. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. So dropped her off, drove down to San Diego. Um, the the gas station closest to uh, Dog Beach in San Diego. I filled up all of my, my gas tanks, put every drop of fuel I could into the car. Went to Dog Beach, made a quick video and posted it on the musket balls private group mm-hmm. that uh, i was going to attempt the coast to coast run that's posted cool. it got in the car and seven minutes after seven pacific coast time i hopped in the car and drove away heading heading east dude so. that's all right let me walk through this here for folks that don't understand you've just Musket balled your way across the states, one corner to the other, in thirty six hours. Solo by yourself, thirty six hours. Okay, correct. You go to sleep at ten p.m. the night you arrive after some uh, enjoyable uh, libations with friends. You go to dinner the next night with the wife. At three thirty the next morning, you're getting up in the car and you're fixing to mad dash back because in your mind. When am I going to be in L.A. or Southern California in a car again that is prepped for this? So I'm making the run back. That's exactly. I can only imagine and that's the, the thought process. I had, I had, you know, and wife and I had long conversations about it. She didn't want me to do the coast to coast run. She wanted me to come straight home, and, you know, and she she had some deep concerns about it, uh, yep. and rightly so, and I much, very much appreciated that. Yeah, Carl but, says you know, respect. Was, yeah, but I was like, you know, I got to drive home anyway, and the drive home from L.A. to home or L.A. to Jacksonville isn't really that much different, so I'm just yep. going to go for it, and yep. I did. And that my intent awesome. was to do it uh, a nonstop, you know, and I almost made it. I think if I would have slept one more day, I would have done it nonstop. Yep. But there was a point in the run where I, I just well, hang, I, hang on, hang on, hang on, back up, back up, back up, back up. Let's not let's not tell that part right. yet, because because uh, so you've gone what twenty eight hundred and ninety miles, I think it was. Yep, Connecticut, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and then what's what is San Diego to Jacksonville or Dog it's, Beach to Jacksonville? It's twenty four hundred miles. Okay, so so you're saving four hundred miles, almost five hundred. Let's call it. Um, yeah. so your brain is like, okay, I can do this. And then, so, so you leave, uh, I mean, where you're talking about, uh, this story here, there's a lot of time in between, like, and a lot of different States, like were any of the States the same that you came down? They wouldn't be right. Cause you would no, have, they were yeah, yeah. a totally different route. The only state I had in common was California. Oh, that's so cool. So you're getting to see tons of the country. Not that you haven't seen parts of the country already because of your trips before, but now you're going to take a completely new route that, you know, you've done, I mean, you've prepped for it because you did your research beforehand, obviously, because you were planning yeah. this run, but like now you're, you're at it again. Okay. So you leave California, you're, 
you're hauling it. Is the car getting better mileage? Is it? It it was getting better mileage, and that was by choice. Um, you know, I knew what the records were for the coast to coast runs, and I knew there was there was no way that this particular car could break any of those records. Yep. So it was pointless to push it at you know triple digit speeds and go crazy with it. I just yep. wanted to. I, it was just a bucket list item, and I wanted to do it, yep. and I hoped to do it nonstop. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a friend of mine, and I think it was uh, asshole that was uh, chiming earlier. I think that's who it is. Um, he uh, met me in Houston on my run back. Nice. And yeah, it, he met me in his uh, um, his BMW Sport Wagon. Met me in Sealy, yeah. Texas. And drove me all the way through, led me all the way through Houston into Beaumont, Texas, which is yeah. a pretty long run. Yeah, um, Houston was a blur at two, three o'clock in the morning with <laughs> with a great guy leading the way. Yeah. you know, and and um, you know, I was pushing the car hard to to keep up with his, you know, obviously much more superior uh, and capable vehicle yeah. than what I was driving. Right, but it was it was an awesome experience. Just you know, uh, blowing through Houston. It, you know, had a scary moment right towards the end out of Beaumont, Texas. You know those those pesky Dodge Charger tail lights that oh. all of, of us scofflaws a brown stain moment. Yep. But we come in and there was two of them side by side ahead of us. Oh, <laughs> worst no. case scenario. So so we itched down. Turns out they weren't. Law enforcement creeped by them, and you know, but that was a bit of a delay. And uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, we rolled down the windows, beeped and waved at each other, and he pulled off in Beaumont, Texas, and I continued on the way. That's you pretty know. cool. And so, I yeah. would think that would that would probably help a little bit of rejuvenation. You know, it was because um, I was struggling a bit, you know, staying awake just before that. Yeah. And um, um, any, any caffeine, been, any caffeine from LA to to texas at this point i did and um my wife bought me some chocolate covered coffee beans oh there you go that's a good you idea know, and those were a big help and yep. um chris clemens who's the uh, double uh cannonball run record holder you know he did cannonball run from east to west took a picture hopped back in the car and drove west to east in like <laughs> 74 hours which is yeah he's an insane. animal he gave me a pack of some caffeine gum, yeah. um, and both of those were a big help to me. Yeah, and but because it, it would, I would think at that point it's it's more sustained. You know, you're kind of yeah. up on that horse a little bit. Yeah, it was. Um, after that run through Houston and the big adrenaline rush that that was, um, I crashed. You know, come through Beaumont, Texas into louisiana i'm watching the sun come up and i i feel myself struggling you know yeah. and i had a moment where i literally had double vision there was a tractor trailer in front of me as i was passing it and i couldn't tell if it was in the right hand lane or the left hand lane oh yeah that's dangerous and when i saw that i just i said stop just just stop right now you're going to hurt yourself you're going to wreck your wife's car you killed or worse yet you're going to hurt somebody else yeah so I, so i tucked ben behind that that tractor trailer the car has adaptive cruise control so i just hit it followed him for a couple of miles 
to the next exit, turned off. It was a cracker barrel parking parking lot. Parked there and you know kicked back and took what I call a safety nap. You know, yeah. I just it was you know you know, in scuba diving world, there's a term you have with your dive buddies called calling the dive. If either one of you feel unsafe, having a bad day, whatever. Yeah. You can call a dive, no questions asked. Well, I called the dive. It just, yeah. you know. Well, G- Gypsy said he promised to stop if he had to, and he keeps his promises. And then uh, I, I want to address Carl Steamy. He says, uh, five-hour energies, question mark. They make me want to fight bears. Uh, you had had a little bit of five-hour energy on your trip to to on your trip to California. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would think at this point with the coffee beans and the gum, probably going to try and refrain from any of that because of the, the harsh, uh, yeah. fall off, off the end of the caffeine, caffeine yeah. run. Yep. And that, and, and that's what happened, you know, two days of, of not enough sleep, yep. you know, the, the, the day and a half of the run before, and it all just kind of caught up to me and yeah. you know, hit a point. I think if I would have, you know, Stayed one more day in California. I could have made it nonstop, but it was, yeah. you know, I was reaching the limits of what my body could take. And so, yeah. Well, at that point, you're probably you're up, you know, because if you were up at three thirty that morning, you know, you've got four or five hours worth of uh, prep going down there. You're not sleeping after you drop her off at the, you know, so like if you could have immediately finished the LA the trip to LA gone to San Diego slept a day and a half and then done it. You, you, you know, who knows? I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd have been maybe so, four hours further before you decided to take a, to take a power nap. And how long, how long yeah. was the nap? You may have said that while ago, but yeah, I was, um, um, it was about 25 minutes as best as I can tell. Um, you know, I'm seconds after I parked the car and laid the seat back, I was asleep. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I heard my phone uh, chime. My sister, who was w- watching the run on Glimpse, she sent me a message. You know, are you okay? You haven't moved in twenty minutes. You know, and that's what woke me up. Which, and she's apologized. She's like, I'm, I feel bad for waking you up. I'm so sorry, but I was really worried about you. But it turned yeah. out to be kind of a good thing. Yeah. Um, because you know, when I set up, I was like, oh wow, it was. You know, I felt just a 20-minute nap, felt fully energized, recharged. Yeah. I stepped out of the car. I literally walked three or four laps around the car. You know, it's like, okay, all right, let's take stock of the situation. Where you feel alert, you feel good. You're, you're yeah. okay. Let's let's finish this. Hop back in the car, put it drive, and made it the rest of the trip. That's um, wild, man. Yeah. I did it, uh, that, that coast-to-coast run, it was, uh, my time was 30 hours, 38 minutes, and my total stop time, as for traffic, uh, the power nap, everything, was 42 minutes. Wow, that's pretty cool, considering, I would think coming out, you know, coming from the beach through San Diego, so it would still be, it's not going to be, you know, as crazy, I think, as L.A., but, like, your your traffic's still going to be pretty wild, and then... Yeah. Uh, you know what? What are some of the other big cities you would come through on on that route? Uh, come through El Paso, um, hmm. uh, Albuquerque, yeah, obviously, obviously Houston. Yeah. Oh yeah, Albuquerque, Houston. Um, 
you know, it was, and then, you know, well, I took the Interstate 12 to avoid, instead of continuing on I-10 around New Orleans, which is a little yep. bit faster and you miss, miss some of that. So took I-12 on the northern side of Lake Pontchartrain. Yeah, so and I guess that makes sense because if you're if you're in Houston at two or three a.m., what time does that put you in New Orleans? I mean, that's got to be morning traffic yeah. in New Orleans. It yeah. was, and yeah, there was actually that. there was a there was a con- big construction delay um, on I-12 in New Orleans that I got off the interstate to skirt around it through some side roads briefly. Uh, you know, that's cool to get get back on. So that's pretty. That cool. added to some of the stop time. Yeah. So, yeah, but I pulled into um, uh, Jacksonville Beach in Jacksonville. I stopped the timer, got out, made a quick video. A um, couple hours uh, beforehand, I met, messaged my wife, and she got me a room, and she knew it was going <laughs> on. So she found a hotel that was literally 100 feet from the roundabout in the sand at Jacksonville Beach. I mean, that just... I nice. Just, left the car there and walked up to the hotel that's awesome so and uh, uh you know and rested for the night and did yeah. that didn't i have to stop to fuel up the car i had enough you know, plenty of gas to get it yeah. interesting enough the next day after a nice breakfast and a drive home i was like well let's see how far the car can make it home and i drove it was exactly 500 miles from the hotel parking lot to my driveway and I drove that nonstop. <laughs> I had enough fuel left in my auxiliary tanks, and when I pulled in my driveway, the auxiliary tanks were dead empty, not a drop in them, and I had a quarter tank of gas in the car's tank. Wow. So, so, so I drove 2,960 miles on 75 gallons of fuel. So your math was right. It was the uh, it was the northern stuff and pushing the car that hard. What, what was your exactly? Uh, I don't. I didn't do the math there. I probably should have while you're telling the story. But what, what's that put your average mile per hour coming across? Like eighty something miles an hour. Uh, yeah, my average speed on the musket ball run come out to just under eighty miles an hour. Seventy nine wow. and, and change. Wow. And, um, that dang semi. On, yeah. <laughs> That yeah. that wreck and the forty eight miles of two lane roads at ten miles an hour, you know yeah. that. So yeah, that 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 killed it. But uh, it was, you know, I'm looking forward to making an attempt again in the future. Yeah. I hope I get the opportunity to do one. So, so let, let's talk. Uh, I mean, let's take the next few minutes and talk prep for the next stuff. Like, what's your like? Do you think you'll do Prius again? Do you think they'll do the musket ball type setup? Um, do you think, or do you think you'll make a run, maybe out of an event, you know? And- well, I have, a, I have some ideas in my head of what I want to do. I don't want to quite reveal them publicly yet, but, uh, um, but I'm also open to, you know, um, future events. Um, um, being a co-driver, with another, you yeah. know, with a team, you know, I'd like yeah. to experience experience that. So I'm, you know, there's. Lots of opportunities out there, and we'll see what what opens up and what happens next. That's know? pretty cool. So to think that you were in the car by yourself at speed, you know, with intention, I will say, uh, for for six thousand miles, that's pretty amazing. Um, Thank you. Because I, I couldn't. And, and here's the other thing: in a week, 
like you did it in, you know, so I don't know how far the drive is from North Carolina to Connecticut, but I would think it's probably seven or 800 miles maybe. Yeah, it was a little over 600, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you're doing that solo, uh, then you're across country solo, so you're 3,500 miles in right there, and then turn around and just go. Uh, uh, Gypsy says, nonstop cannonball is doable at reasonable speeds. <laughs> it is. It With the setup and everything I have, uh, I, you know, if I was to slow the speeds down, yep. you know, and where I get north of 40, it's it's very possible with everything I have now to do a solo nonstop cannonball. You know, yeah, again, what, that's without, that? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, wouldn't set any world record times, I don't believe, but, yeah. you know, it, it would be a personal accomplishment. I so. just, uh, who's the guy that drove the, the Lexus across? Um, it wasn't Fred Ashmore. Who, it was a, it was a white Lexus SC 400. Oh, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember. Cause, cause I have was. Can, yeah, he was doing the solo. Was that David and, Simpson. Uh, uh, that sounds right. I think no, that's I'm right. I'm looking if, up. Uh, uh, yeah, if if you guys are uh, whoever's watching, somebody will know it. Um, that's. I can't imagine one spending that much time by myself in my own head. Uh, I, how many? Like, I mean, are you making phone calls during this time? Are you on the phone with people? Well, that was <laughs> figure out I like had, how. I'd be brain damaged. Thank you for bringing that up. I had I had two big support teams helping me. I had the the RDF team that I set up a private channel on a Discord server, mm. and these guys were there every minute that I was on the run. You know, taking the data, um, cheering me on, rooting me on, but they went above and beyond. They they did some very creative things. Um, and this was their their own ideas. They started pulling up the traffic cameras of the various in the various states along the run. They yeah. were pulling screenshots of the car, you know, hunting for it as it come by. <laughs> and and in some of the states with the better traffic cameras, Florida examples, they were using the traffic cameras as a form of countermeasures. You know, wow, that's uh, they cool. were sending me messages saying, you know it. This exit in the median, there's a you know a, a highway patrol setting, or you know when you you're in, I'm in a big cluster of cars. I'm trying to get around. They say when you pass this RV that's pulling the blue trailer with a motorcycle on it, mm-hmm. you know when you pass them, you're clear for three or four miles. When they were telling me this, I couldn't see that RV pulling the trailer, but they were feeding <laughs> right. information back to me. How cool. You know, and so that was a resource. Again, I never would have thought of that, but these yeah. guys that assembled are, you know, a great team. One of the members has has done a cannonball run in the past, and you know, um, he lives in Vancouver. So it, they were all over the country. And yeah, the, the, that's pretty You cool. know, I got got I got a surprise gift that I'm going to be making and sending these guys soon. Oh, so I cool! Hope they appreciate it. Yeah. The second support group was something that my wife put together all on her own. I call it the friends and family plan. <laughs> you know, she she was calling me periodically and she says and she asked, she says, Do you mind these phone calls? Am I bothering you, Sterling? I'm like, No. I said, matter of fact, keep doing it. 
Yeah. You know? Call me whenever you want. It actually cheers me up. Yeah. So she started a chat tree with my sister and some other close friends and told them, every two or three hours, call me. Yeah. And so my phone rang. I didn't know who was, you know, when they were calling or anything, and I'd answer, yep. answer the phone. And they were cheering me on, rooting me on, and having that perk me up. You woke yeah. me up. It yeah. broke up the monotony of, you know, hours and hours a 100 plus. Exactly. <laughs> broke up the, know, the cake album. You're like, hey, hang on. That was a good song. I'll call you right back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's, so that's we were just, funny. and so, the, and this was something my wife put together on her own. So I had these, I had these three different groups of supporting me. The, the other uh, com, uh Participants in the musket ball through yep. the joiner chat. I had the the RDF group in that private forum with keeping up the data and the spreadsheets, and, and yep. they were encouraging me. And then I had you know friends and family, you know, my wife, my sister, calling me every two, three, four hours. And you know sometimes really those cool. calls were short, sometimes they were long, sometimes we wouldn't even talk about what I was doing. Yeah, you know, just and talk it, about stuff. Yeah. And that's that's take, really cool. Take my mind off thing, and that those three groups together was a you know a huge help. And yeah, so I also so, consider that safety. You know, well, right. I mean, and it gives you a reason. Like, there's also all those other people watching you. Um, one thought that just came to mind is, what would be your your I don't know dream build for something like this? Like, what what's a what's a build that you or a car build that you would be like this? If I had unlimited funds, this is what I would do. Um, well, I have that car sitting in my driveway, and it's mm. not a Prius. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> I have a 1996 Chevrolet Impala Supersport sitting Come in my driveway. On. Yes, that would be a cool car to do this in. You know, one, one you've a, got the the room, uh, and then mm -hmm. two, it's comfortable. And I mean. Realistically, you could you could be under the radar in that car pretty easily. Very much so. Um, it's not super high horsepower. Um, right. You know, it's I think it's rated like two fifty, two hundred eighty yep. horsepower. You know, this was yep. you know mid nineties. You know, oh, two hundred eighty yeah. horsepower was a lot by today's oh, yeah, standards. Yeah, yeah. You know, we get four cylinders <laughs> for more than that. Yep. But you know, it got it normal driving you get you know reasonable 25 26 miles a gallon fuel economy so yeah. um you know it's got the full frame and beefed up suspension can handle the weight of auxiliary fuel tanks yeah so it's not that far out of the realm to consider taking these tanks that i have putting them yeah, in moving the, them over. The Impala <laughs> and you know and doing a run with it and it's capable of you know 130 to 150 easy yeah yeah you know and so that would be a, a nice car, um, a, a retired police car. You know, some yep. of the old Ford Crown Vicks would uh, would you know be a, another car that would be ideal for a run. And again, like you say, going under the radar. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely sneak up on some folks because they're going to slow down because they're like, "Hey, why is this Crown Vic coming up on me?" Uh, yeah, or the or today the Dodge the Dodge Chargers. You know, yep. Ford or Dodge Charger retired police vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I think personally, I would rather do. I, I think the Caprice is probably a, a better setup. Or I, I like the Crown Vic stuff, Grand Marquis. I mean, it's what we built our death card out of, mainly because that car is just beefy, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then it's funny because you know everybody always thinks horsepower is what wins that stuff, but really it's mile per gallon and gearing, you know. 
So overdrive trans, two, you know, 270 gear in the back and a taller tire. And you're, you're able to run 120 miles an hour at 2,500, 2,800 RPM, 3,500 RPM at the most. And you're getting good mileage, but you're also covering a ton of ground. I, I would think would be a big benefit. Yeah. Well, like your Bryce and Matt prove with their 32 hour run in a yeah. 90 some horsepower, as they call it, shit box, you know, diesel. <laughs> yeah. You know, they use only use 75 ish gallons of fuel and yep. did a 32 hour run in a sub 100 horsepower car. Yeah. You know, who would have ever dreamed in the cannonball world that that was even possible? Yeah, it blows my mind. That's what I I love about the. We've always steered more towards drag and drive event, drag race, you know, car builder uh, interviews. But obviously, having those guys on, having you on, this is endurance racing. Endurance driving is. uh, I really enjoyed the thought process behind a lot of that. Yeah, and uh, the musket ball thing is going to shift the logic of some future attempts. I know some of these guys are probably have have things going through their head of builds they want to do you know imagine uh you know a a 30 35 miles to the gallon at you know 120 mile an hour pdi and some great handling car you know with enough fuel what could what kind of times you could do if the horsepower was doubled which is easily to do in these tdi setups yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you go back to like the ingenuity of people's ability to, to take these cars and, and then push that next level instead of, you know, cause what gets, what gets publicized and uh, all the dramatics behind is the 700, 900 horsepower car like Arnie and, and Doug did in the, yeah. the, was that a Mercedes? I think it was a Mercedes that they made yeah. that run. You know, the car capable 190 mile an hour, things like that. Like that stuff gets, sensationalized but like there's a lot more people that would probably have as much or more fun um running something a slow car fast i mean hell that's that's what you're that's the easiest way to put it. it's much more fun to run a slow car fast than a fast car slow well that's like um paul newman you know um when he was filming a lot of his movies he would go and go and bought, bought these old uh, you know dots and two tents mm-hmm. and put race tires on them and we're going him and the crew going running around the racetrack doing lap time yeah yep beating each other and a famous race car driver was talking to paul says why why are you doing these dots and two tens what what's going on here paul and Tom says well you need to learn how to drive a slow car fast before you can drive a fast car fast yeah you that's know? exactly and there's right there's a lot of value in in that yeah you know and yeah 100 so, and uh, so taking a slow car fast is a lot of fun. And who could imagine you could, you know, a, a Prius would do over 400 miles in four hours on American <laughs> yeah. public highways. Yeah, it just, that's, that's pretty man, awesome. My mind's blown just at that fact alone. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, man, I, I really, I want to say thanks. We, we really kicked this off. I, I think I started following you three days ago and, uh, yeah it just it stemmed from there and I'm, I'm glad you have taken the time you know hour and a half on the sunday morning to to sit with us um i will be i will be chopping some of this up i think there's some really good content in this uh, and i'll be dropping shorter videos for folks that are watching this later and obviously right. this whole thing is going to be on our podcast so 
right. podcast you can you can yeah. find anywhere. So if uh, if you're into long distance driving, you can take this hour and a half and listen to uh, listen to Jay's stories. So well, Mike, it's an honor to have you on. Thank you very much, and uh, want to just just allow me give a shout out to a few people. My yeah. wife. Uh, this could not have happened without her love and continued support and assistance. Yes. Um, going to shout out to uh, all of the other. Uh, members of the, the musket ball run, uh, every single one of them. Just some of the finest, nicest, kindest folks you ever want to meet. And as well as to uh, my team at the RDF community who were there every step of the way to, to help me along and cheer me along. And, and uh, it's just, you know, surround yourself with good people and you can succeed. And, and um, I obviously surrounded myself with a good good bunch of people that were behind me 100 percent. so thanks to every each and every one of you is much appreciated that's awesome so one last question where's your next trip um probably going to be in either ireland or scotland what i like <laughs> yeah. it you can't drive there though no, <laughs> you can't uh, drive wife, there. wife and i travel a lot um yeah. and um we we had some trips planned to Scotland before the pandemic, the COVID pandemic, yeah. and those got canceled. And so we're planning a trip, hopefully to Ireland in the spring and, and Scotland in the fall, uh, uh, 2022, so we can too catch cool. up on some of those trips. So yeah, uh, that's most beautiful cool. places in the world I've ever been to is Scotland. Uh, I can only uh, imagine. So if you get a chance to go, go. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, you'll have to post some of this stuff on your Instagram. Gonzo Prius uh, is is the Instagram handle, and uh, I can't I can't wait to see future stuff from you. Uh, All right, for, for everybody that's listened, guys, thank you so much again. We really appreciate the support and the help. And uh, I'll fix to get to work on the podcast room right now. Jay, you stay with me, guys. I'm hitting the end button right now.